On tonight's show, I discuss the Raptors. I go on a bit of a rant. I discuss my picks. I also look at the final round of the RPC Heritage. And I talk about the formation of the new Super League and its impact in the world of soccer. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. everyone hope everyone enjoyed their weekend it was a good weekend in the world of sports hockey basketball also if you're looking at golf as well big weekend uh, if you're Stuart sink in the family winning the rbc heritage and i will get into that uh, later on as well but i might as well just kick it off with your toronto raptors big win for them last night against okc especially not having lowry og freddie siakam though i know a lot of fans are actually happy that siakam isn't there and i'll discuss the fans in a little bit it's just not those fans it's been a lot of fans i've been noticing over the last couple days in regards to supporting teams making comments all that stuff but back to the raptors nice win yesterday shout out to nick nurse and using this roster properly and shout out to the new additions birch and also gillespie boys have been just dominating well i wouldn't say dominating but they definitely have been showing their weight in gold i guess uh, definitely being worth the signing and you know Gillespie was just re-signed to another 10-day contract Birch has signed on for the rest of the season uh, Watanabe who you know has been good too has signed on to another two-way deal uh, for the Raptors so it's been working out well for them and Nick Nurse again shout out to them getting uh, those additions and also using the adjustments there uh, Paul Watson went out with an injury but we saw him when he was like against Orlando but again uh, Malachi Flynn uh, he was drafted rookie season playing very well stanley johnson made some additions birch and gillespie i was talking about and you know it's it's looking good it's looking good for the team at the moment uh and we'll see how everything goes down the stretch and i know the raptors and i talked saturday they were fine for resting and not disclosing the nature of the resting though siakam og all of them had their injuries disclosed air quotes uh, saying that they are there, but Lowry was on rest. Uh, we know what he's been going through. Why are they resting? Well, let's be honest. If you look down what's happening in the schedule, I've talked about it. We got the Knicks again. We have the Bulls again. We also have Utah. We also have Denver. We have the Nets. We have some big games, the Clippers. I think there's one more against the Lakers. And a lot of games coming up near the end, a lot of big battles where you're going to need all your starters, especially if you're trying to get into that play-in tournament. Now, as of right now, we're in the play-in tournament. Uh, Chicago's got two games in hand, though, on us, and we do play them one more time, so we'll see how that game goes. But it's going to be interesting on how the season uh, turns out because, like I said, it's it's a battle with the final games. A lot of players, like the Nets, uh, the Clippers, Denver, as well as I believe I mentioned Utah one more time, and you got the Lakers as well, and we got the Knicks who we haven't been playing the best against. So it's going to be an interesting final few games. 14 games left to go for the rest of the season. That's depending if we get into the play-on tournament or not. I know some fans are going, let's go for the tank. Let's try and go for the playoffs. I just say for the Raptors, let's just try to win. Let's just do that. Is that so hard to do? And I know a lot of fans have been going after C. Ackham uh, this past week or actually season. I get it. He's making the big bucks. He's the superstar. He's the, the wonder guy. He's supposed to be our number one option. 
And you know what? This season has been so up and down that, you know what? It, it, he's been affected. We saw what the shutdown did last season. We saw what he was like in the playoffs. He never found his group, but he's slowly making his way back. He was doing good things up until his COVID, and he was doing good things after COVID. But that's not good for the fans. Let's just look up and down. Let's blame him for the losses. I get it. He had a couple shots where he rimmed out. You know what? And it happens. It does. You know what? It, whatever. I'm not going to blame him for those losses because if we need to rely on a game-winning shot to win, okay, then we ignored everything that happened in the game. That is, again, basketball's four quarters, and sometimes you get down to that final shot, and sometimes you do need it to get in. But if you're depending so much on that final shot to win, then you ignored everything that happened in the game. You ignored the other players on the bench. You ignored starters that did not exceed well. And guess what? We've had issues at center all season, and nobody has been going. Like, we have been talking about it, and I've mentioned it on this show, and despite having... All those center issues, we're still blaming Siakam for all the losses. Uh, we're not going after players who literally go out and play 15 minutes and get zero points and zero rebounds and maybe two assists. Don't get me wrong, I know it's a two-way game. Your defense somehow sometimes outshines your offensive. But at the same time, too, if you're getting 15 points and you can't get three points, then you're definitely putting some damage there. And it hasn't just been one player in a game where they got zero. We've had multiple games, and we've had starters get zero points, and yet Siakam still cannot make the final shot. As much as I love it, as much as I love to haunt it, it's a team game. And you know what? So even LeBron misses, Jordan missed, Kobe even missed, and I've seen Kobe miss a ton back in the day, and we've seen a lot of players miss as well. It happens. It's there. It, it, it just happens. Kawhi missed one or two back when he was playing on this team, and we saw how it happened. We've lost where the luckiest buzzer beater has gone in and won the, the, the opponents so much. But again, let's look at this as a team aspect, okay? If you're looking at a game-winning shot and you're relying on that, guess what? For the next game, if you're hoping for another game-winning shot, guess what? Look at what happened the night before. Look at all the pieces. Look how it's played out. It's not just one player who's determining the win or losses. It's a lot of things as well. And you know what? Siakam took a lot of slack last year, and you know what? A lot of fans are still doing it again. They're just after him. And, you know, we saw certain fans do certain things on change.org trying to, you know, get rid of him. And, you know what? Let's just say that some things do need to change. Maybe he does need to get better. There's the mentality of it. And also there's the fact that COVID has just been beating up every team this season and players. So let's remember that too, that this has just been an awkward season and a lot of players in the NBA have quoted on how the season has been going. So I did go on a little bit of rant. I do apologize. Uh, what I'll be doing next is um, <laughs> I'm going to go into my picks. I'm sorry about that little rant, but I just had to defend Siakam and keep like players and that bank shot. But again, sorry for that little bit of an off track rant. So going to my picks, again, I talked about the Raptors. Big win against OKC, 112 to 106. They looked good. And again, shout out to uh, Coach Nurse for doing those adjustments and getting everything to work very well, especially in this win streak. Picked the Nets over the Heat. They lost 109 to 107. Uh, Durant got injured. Harden was not playing. And they definitely let the Heat come back and win. And that, especially with the final minute or so. Uh, Blazers fell to the Hornets, which I was a little shocked about that. Uh, so I thought they were going to be able to win that. They lost 109 to 101. Clippers with a big win and the Hawks with big wins against. Uh, so Clippers won against the Timberwolves. 
and the Hawks winning big against the Pacers, so give a shout-out to them. Uh, my NHL picks went 3-2. and two. My Pittsburgh Penguins fell 4-2 to Buffalo. They've been playing well. They've been doing good this season. You know what? You have to give up one to one of those teams. The Leafs, who I thought could win a game, uh, they fell uh, 3-2 to Vancouver in OT. Islanders winning 1-0. Uh, we also have the Bruins winning big against Washington, which I was happy with that win. And as well, the Rangers beating the New Jersey Devils. Uh, 5-3, which was a big win as well. And you know what? It's also the quarterfinals for fantasy. It's going to be a tough one. It is. I'm not going to lie. They finished second in the regular season. And hopefully the goal is to win the championship. But again, I'm facing a tough opponent this week for my fantasy. He, they have beaten me before. I've beaten them. So anything could happen. You know, it's just got to be key. And your players have to be there. So it's all about, you know, which teams are showing up, who's going to be affected by COVID, who's not. It's, it's a big week for quarterfinals. So Win or go home, that's how it's done. But it has been a, a up-and-down struggle, So especially the last couple of weeks. I definitely said I wanted to lose one or two because, well, you know, you want to get those losses out, and we'll see how this week goes. And, again, I am facing a tough opponent. Uh, this is definitely an opponent that can probably just take me down very easily. So I'm going to give respect to uh, ones that I'm facing this week in the quarterfinals. But let's see how everything turns out. And, again, Saturday this week I will be doing another – five NBA games, five M- five NHL games, and I'll probably throw in some MLB games as well. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, but again, uh, good weekend for my picks. Kind of like to do a 10-0. We'll see if I can do a 15-0 this weekend for those coming up. So the Heritage Open finished yesterday with the final round, and Stuart Sink, yes, I know a name that many people haven't heard from in a while, wins the second time this season winning the Safeway Open before, but he finishes with 19 under and winning by a good minus, by winning by four shots against uh, Varner the third, and it was a good tournament. He was in control for the whole round. Now, he went in with 18 under. He was there. He had a big shot lead, at least five, six strokes, going into Sunday. So when we're looking at it here, it was him and Morikawa. He was up on Morikawa by five strokes going into Sunday, and he got the one under and continued to be in control. Now, Varner, now he struggled off the tee off of one. If anyone saw him, he hit it out of bounds and then chipped it in for a bogey, which could have been uh, a lot worse. Now, going plus two off of having a bad shot kind of puts it in a mentality. But the fact that he chipped it in for the bogey definitely kept him mentally straight on the path. Now, he had a great day starting off at 10 under. Uh, finishing 5-under for the round and then 15-under for the whole tournament. And just wondering what would have been if he just did things the right way on that shot and what could have done mentally for him going forward. Uh, but Morikawa definitely went in the opposite direction. He seemed to be struggling, making some good shots, but not really consistent shots. Uh, Corey Connors, the Canadian, who I have talked much about on this uh, episode, or sorry, much on this podcast, sorry, played well. Uh, consistency and moving up and making those right adjustments have always been his weakness, especially on moving day. And I talked a little bit about that on Sunday, or sorry, Saturday. And like it does happen. It's been his Achilles heel this season. Now, when it comes to moving day, he just does enough to keep himself in contention, but enough to make himself go in and take uh, the lead. We've seen him have the lead before and, you know, be in contention, but we've seen him fall apart. Uh, but again, you know, once or once in a blue moon isn't isn't great, but it's not also the best. Um, 
but when we look at it here, he has had multiple top multiple top 10 finishes, six top 10s this season, which is great, including what he did at the Masters and finishing tied for fourth with Fitzpatrick at the RBC Heritage. But again, we like to see more from him. Can he start taking more of a step on round three? And can he put the foot to the gas, or sorry, foot to the floor all the way to the end and take that lead or can he just make the advancements enough where he just controls it that would be great to see but again still a solid round three under for the day 13 under for the whole tournament and he battled he, he was making good shots he was making great iron shots giving himself birdie opportunities not really much super close shots uh, when he was getting there for birdie attempts he was always about 10 plus feet when he was making his birdie attempts which can be a struggle and many golfers can make it within the 10 feet but you know what he definitely had those there but again he was making some right moves he definitely was but back to Stewart saying listen we all know what he did when he won the Open in 2009, and you know what? He has played well. He's won twice again this season, which is great, and you know what? He just dominated, and he showed control. Now, he's won the RBC multiple times. This was his third win at the tournament, so we know he's familiar with the course and how everything plays out, and we've seen him take control. So you have to give credit to Stewart Singh. He is a professional, and he is a great golfer, and he's just a couple years away from the Champions Tour, so we'll see him there. We'll see what he does. Will he be like Phil Mickelson and just dominating very easily? Who knows? But we do have some good golf tournaments coming up soon. Uh, we have the Zurich Classic this week, which we're looking forward to. I talked about that uh, as well. Uh, Vals Parr is coming up the week after and Wells Fargo. But this week we have the Zurich Classic, which is always good, playing, a T uh, playing TPC at Louisiana. So tune into that. I'll also be talking about the uh, first two rounds, even the third round going into on Saturday's episode of the podcast. So make sure you listen to that as well. And again, good weekend at the RBC. Con credit to St Stuart Sink. He's familiar with the course. He played well, dominating fashion. Again, it's great that was 19 under and showed that he was very, very uh, consistent for the round, especially when he shot 63-63 for his first two rounds. And you know what? Good for him. But again, congratulations to Stuart Sink on an incredible win. Now, usually I would catch up on English Premier League, talk a little bit more about Champions League. You know, Manchester United did win on the weekend. It was a good weekend in the world of sports. Lost the stuff that are discussed this week. Um, but right now what's hitting the headlines is, is this new Super League that's forming up uh, in the world of soccer. Now, is it a big, big deal? Yes, in a way it can be, especially when we're talking about revenue, we're talking about players and the, the impact that it's currently having. Well, we are currently in Champions League at the moment, and right now uh, we're at the semifinals, and I will be discussing that next week. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this new Super League could be playing in effect to those Champions League uh, matches now. Uh, the formation of the Super League, uh, which was formed, well, which is starting the format, which just came out this week, the news. We're looking at teams that are looking like they want to join. They want to break out and start their own league, not be part of Champions League. Well, they like to take over the spot of where Champions League is playing. But these teams definitely want to break out, be on their own. They, they're not leaving away their current uh, our leagues that they're currently in. They would still be playing that, but at the same time, too, they would also be having this league as well and you know it's 20 teams and then you have five additional sorry 
15 permanent teams and you have five additional teams joining in and almost like a regulation uh, but right now it's happening right now we have 12 teams that have already committed six out of the english premier league three out of la liga three out of series a so it's interesting to see now it all comes down to money which we all know which is happening at the current time and it's always about funds it's always about control and you know what this league is trying to get their own trying to get their own funds you know start this up and they're trying to break away from uefa because uefa would have the control and be able to you know show where the funds are going now there's big talks about the impacts of this league and these teams breaking away and forming this and not showing good faith. Well, guess what? They have a right to do it. They have a right to share. And you know what? The one thing that UEFA and FIFA are doing is, yes, FIFA has now gotten involved in this, where they may just ban players who join this league from international play, which means Euros and also the World Cup. That could be affected. Now, if I was UEFA and FIFA, I would think that's a bad idea. Also, UEFA will be disqualifying any teams that are currently in Champions League from joining this or joining or disqualifying them because they have joined this, which is Man City, Chelsea, and Real Madrid. So those three clubs could be disqualified from current Champions League. And guess what? That's the semifinals. So if I'm UEFA, do I really want to do this? Now, we're all talking about money. That's how it is. Now, with the Super League, they're the ones that are in control of the funds. Nothing is really regulated by UEFA, which is, that's the one thing that's impacting. That's the one thing that's also impacting FIFA, too, the funds. That's what's controlling it. So this league would have its own. This is what they would be running with. They would have their own little, you know, league. They would have their own funding. No little paycheck going to UEFA. They have complete control, which is huge uh, especially with funding but they're also allowing other teams to join in they're looking to have the 15 permanent and then three teams that can always qualify and play and the slots that they would be playing in would be during the time of champions league now if i'm to announce the teams that are going to be in it's arsenal chelsea liverpool man city man u totten atletico madrid uh, barcelona real madrid ac milan inter milan and juventus so basically Almost all the top teams in the division or in their leagues, respectively, joining this one. Uh, basically, La Liga and Series A, 1, 2, and 3. English Premier League, you have the 1 and 2, and then you have little spurts of everything else. Arsenal being the lowest seed out of English Premier League. But EPL is accounting for half. Now, I know some clubs are excited about this just because now they don't have to carry the small clubs. It's all the superpower teams. And we know what Arsenal was. We all know what Chelsea is. Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, Tottenham. We know these clubs are all superior clubs. Now, there are clubs there that haven't joined, and I'll get to those in a moment. But I'm going to go back and discuss about what UEFA and FIFA are doing, taking away eligibility for players to be in international competition because they're joining to, they're going to be joining this team this league uh what does this do now it's all about funds it's all about money and listen you're gonna ban ronaldo and messi from international competition if they're joining this messi won't be in euro cup this year but he is in the world cup next year and so is ronaldo so is you know pogba you also have uh, Neymar, but Neymar's actually PSG is not actually part of this. So Neymar you can leave out, but you're looking at headlines, you're looking at rosters, you're looking at just not these players, but players that play for their national team in these other teams as well. 
So we're looking at it here. What is going to be impacting it? What's going to be there? Now, if you're taking away these players, you're taking away funding, you're taking away viewership. Remember, Euro Cup is watched all over the world. And same with, well, World Cup as well, because it is the World Cup, but people are excited about Euro Cup. They're ecstatic about it. They're always looking for it because, A, you have clubs all over Europe competing for the one trophy. You're hoping that Manchester, or sorry, not Manchester United, Portugal, former club of Cristiano Ronaldo, um, trying to repeat as well. You want to see Portugal win again. Well, at least I do. Uh, but you're taking away a chance to see Cristiano Ronaldo have the opportunity to repeat as a champion. That's a viewership right there. You're looking at the battles. You're looking at the superstars that are there for this tournament. And it's tough to take it away. And you're going to lose revenue and viewership because all these teams are joining a Super League. Now, fans have shown their disinterest in this. Uh, they've shown their protest. Now, it is cool to see because you're seeing all the best teams there but at the same time too it's all about the money like i've talked about multiple times it's all about the spending and it's it's going to be tough it is it's going to be tough to see it all and like like i'm going back to it if you're uefa and fifa are you really going to try and take away superstars away from the international competition which drive your revenue which drive your viewership that's the one thing, right? You're you're losing viewership and money. You may you will still probably have it, but for those people that don't really watch soccer, don't really tune into it, whether it's English Premier League, Champions League, Europa Series A, if you're watching the German soccer, any type of soccer there, if you're not really focused into that, then you you just have your viewerships there. And some people will probably just turn it away because it's World Cup. Some people will turn it away because it's Euro Euro. They're not going to care because that's the viewership. They're looking forward to that. But for your main viewers in regards to Champions League, you're, probably, you're still going to have those fans there. That's still going to be there. And you know what? This may, this may spark and bring in a new viewership as well. But at the same time, too, if you're talking about money and you're talking about banning these players, you really want to go and target the players at the international level, which viewership it can bring. This could actually maybe help soccer. This can actually bridge the gap, bring a new viewership like I talked about. Now, there are a few teams that haven't been brought in. Dortmund, Byron, Lesbig, PSG, Porto. Those are some clubs that are not there as well. And like I said, they're looking to have 20 clubs in, 15 permanent, 5 that can join in. And, you know, it's interesting to see that some clubs are. Now, it's going to be more. We'll see how it goes. It's just developing. But right now, that, that it is exploding whether it's going to be happening or not. And will UEFA take away... Uh, superstars at the international level will they will it be at the same at fifa what's going to happen with champions league because remember they want to slip in the slot to champions league because this be the end of champions league or are they going to rearrange it so that it fits listen soccer many people just assume that it's one league and then champions league but when you look at it all and how it breaks down there's multiple little tournaments going on at the same time whether if you're following english premier league you're well familiar with the fa cup uh, you follow at all stages, you have Europa, you have Champions League, you have the FIFA World Cup that goes on. If you follow MLS, you're well aware of the CONCACAF tournament, which turns into Champions League. And if you win your CONCACAF there, you're off to the FIFA World Cup. You have that all there at, this, at that stage. So it is interesting to see how everything works out. But again, like for those viewers that don't follow all the clubs and everything, like you're, you're excited for Euro or World Cup. That's where you're teaming into but again we'll see how this all plays out uh, like i stated it's all about the money is uefa willing to take the hit is fifa willing to take the hit 
we'll see how this goes out. The, the league is, you know, it can be kind of silly and can be kind of good at the same time, depending on how you look at it from a business side. If you're a fan, you know, it's tough to see because it could be hindering on Champions League. Or maybe this is just a tactic by these clubs to try and get more money out of UEFA and better revenue sharing. It's really hard to say what's going to be going on now. As of right now, it is slowly the fire. That's what's happening right now. We don't know everything that's going to be finalized. They're, they're slowly working on it. Maybe this dissipates. Right now, it's taking a hit on Champions League. That's the one thing. Champions League is could be taking a hit because, like I stated, you could disqualify three teams that are in the semifinal. You would be putting an asterisk on a championship for PSG. Don't get me wrong. PSG has been playing phenomenally this year, especially in champions league but do you really want to give them the trophy or the crown because well a you lost on viewership b fans couldn't be there c you just gave a championship trophy because you disqualified everyone else so technically there's not really a champion this year because they didn't win they didn't do anything so do you really want to do that as well and i've already discussed and everything about you know the funds that we taken away the viewership especially with euro cup coming out and a lot of people have been anxious for euro cup it's been over well, it was supposed to be last year, 2020. So that's going to be taken ahead. And again, we're a year away from Qatar as well. So that's going to be a big tournament too. So we're, you know, interesting to see what will happen over these next couple of weeks on this Super League, the battle between UEFA. Now, right now, it's just the fire. We'll see how everything goes when the dust settles. But it is kind of interesting to see how this is all breaking down. And you know what? Like I said, there's the good and the bad. But as of right now, until everything is figured out, we just have to be patient and wait and see how it goes. So that's it for the show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. I did go off a little bit with basketball and fans. I definitely had a big, big talk in regards to the Super League that could be forming and the impacts between the two. Uh, but definitely a lot to cover. And Saturday, I will be covering uh, my picks. Uh, NHL, MLB, and NHL, yes. Or sorry, M NBA, M MLB, and NHL, yes. I'm adding five games to Major League Baseball. So... A look at those picks. I'll be bringing back my top 10 this week. I know I didn't do one this week uh, just because I had that little you know moment of zen. Uh, but I will discuss that as well. And maybe Saturday, you know what? Saturday, I'll discuss uh, my top 10 and what it will be. I'm, I'm kind of having like, you know, top 10 fan bases and who is there. Uh, it's going to be at all areas of the sports, whether it's soccer, golf, whatever, you know, because there are some spots in golf where the fans go crazy. Uh, and you know what, if you're a fan of golf, you probably know which hole and which tournament I am talking about. Uh, so I'll discuss that on Saturday, plus my picks, catch up on English Premier League soccer, look at the Raptors, look at the NHL, discuss my fantasy, how everything turns out. Uh, first three rounds of the Zurich Classic, which is going on this week, and much, much more. Uh, so again, and I'll get into more depth about the Super League, especially with it developing more as the week goes on and on saturday i'll discuss that as well so tune in to that uh and you know what champions league semifinals is a week away i might do a little preview we'll just look at how everything goes next week because that's when it kicks off if there is a semifinals because we already already discussed what uefa may do so again thank you for listening to tonight's show uh have yourself a good week enjoy your weekend uh this is the draining jimmy's podcast <laughs> Thank you.